The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And Aaron, it's great to have you back in the fold. Big thanks to Ryan Skates for filling in for you on Monday's episode. That's because you have a game tonight. Buffalo at Kent State. You're in freezing cold Ohio. Check Aaron out. 7 p.m. on CBS Sports Network. But we have a lot to dive into on this Week 12 edition of the Punt and Pass podcast. The second installment of the college football playoff rankings were released on Tuesday night. And we have a really good slate of games this weekend that will continue to have an impact on the week-by-week ranking. So let's talk about it right now. Get our quick reactions there's a new number one team in the nation according to the selection committee that of course is the LSU the Tigers jump Ohio State after their road win at Alabama last week and Ohio State bumps back to number two Clemson jumps from number five all the way to number three and I think surprisingly Georgia jumped from number six all the way to number four they are in the top four in the second installment of these rankings that leaves Alabama at five Oregon and Utah at six and seven. And then how about Minnesota? They beat number four Penn State last week to stay undefeated. They jumped nine spots from 17 to eight. Aaron, that's the most ever in a college football playoff era. So what are your initial thoughts? Anything surprising jump out to you here? Well, I'm happy Georgia jumped Alabama. Uh, I just think we talked about Alabama and 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 who they played, who they won. I mean, you look at their body of work and it just – it's just not there. And yeah. then we talk about possibly the eyeball test. Okay, they got a great offense. We all know that two of those receivers, Najee Harris, I mean, they're studs, but defensively, they don't pass the eyeball test. So where does the committee put their emphasis on? Is it eyeball test? Is it the schedule, the ranking, or the schedule, and, and who have you played and how you played those games? And, and obviously, Georgia, it, it hurt. That South Carolina game hurt. But obviously, their big wins this year, some of their top 10 wins, helped versus Alabama who's yet to win a top 10 top 15 game so I I like that I the other surprise to me honestly was the fact that Minnesota didn't jump higher I know I I thought Minnesota would be I think I you could easily make a case for them to be ahead of Utah and possibly Oregon I mean shoot you could make a case for Minnesota being a top four and I would have been fine with it I would have been perfectly fine if you want to put Minnesota in the top four they're undefeated they beat a top four team in Penn State, and we saw how much the committee loved them some Penn State last week. You beat them, and you beat them pretty good. Yeah. I mean, they had controlled that game. They had to lead the entire time. So 
Um, if I'm Minnesota, I feel slighted a little bit. I mean, listen, you're in the top 10, so you can't bitch and moan too much. But still, I think that they possibly could have deserved to be moved up. And like I said, I would not have been surprised if they were that number four spot. Yeah, they jumped nine spots, like I just said, all the way up to number eight, which is really unprecedented in this new selection committee era. I think it's more an admission of the committee getting it wrong a week ago. Could not believe they were ranked number 17 last week. I think we were in agreement there, Aaron. But it's probably because they had only played one team in the Big Ten with a winning record before they played Penn State. And again, the committee probably put them at eight this week because Minnesota has a road to the playoff on their own. They will have plenty of opportunity to cement themselves. Starting this weekend, they can get a top 20 road victory by beating Iowa in Kinnick Stadium. Then they finish the regular season hosting Wisconsin and then most likely playing Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship game. So when I look at these rankings, right, and I see LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, I think the committee in the second installment put these teams where they are because they can kind of wipe their hands clean and say, hey, as of the second week, which again, really doesn't matter, each team has an opportunity to play themselves into the top four. And LSU, yes, deserve to jump Ohio State. They've got four top 20 wins, the only team in the nation with that many top 20 wins, according to these rankings, and they just beat the number three ranked Alabama Crimson Tide on the road. Again, those wins are Florida, Auburn, Alabama, and at Texas. So that's at Texas and at Alabama. They hosted Auburn, I believe, right, Aaron? That's slipping me right now. Yes, they hosted Alabama. Okay, Auburn, so, excuse me. Yes. And the other thing that really stood out to me, one, I, I had no idea why Clemson was ranked number five a week ago, but you just said it, Aaron. The committee did value t- Georgia's two top 16 wins over Alabama's loss to now the number one team in the nation. Here's a question for you. If LSU would have won last week 26-21 to 21, instead of 46-41, to 41, would they have jumped Ohio State or would Ohio State still have been number one after scoring 73? No, I think LSU would have still jumped. Gotcha. I think you can't ignore the resume right now. What LSU has done this, this season uh, far outpaces what Ohio State's done when it comes to playing better competition. To me, though, still, if you want to go eyeball test, I think Ohio State is number one in that sense, but you still got to go on the field and prove it. And, sure. and right now, you can watch the film and say all you want. And I say that, listen, Ohio State's awesome. Great defense, got one of the best defensive players in the country. Offense is electric. Special teams is great. Complete I mean, they, they are team. playing a complete football team. LSU defensively still worries me, but at the end of the day, they have more top 10 wins than anyone else in the country. They've gone out there and gotten the job done. So I, I'm, I, I completely agree with them jumping Ohio State for that number one spot. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to bring up a couple of hypotheticals here because Baylor is hosting Oklahoma this weekend. Baylor is a 10-point underdog. That's amazing to me. Keep in mind, Baylor's undefeated. 9-0, and and they are ranked number 13. We're going to break down this game a little bit later on in the show. But if Baylor were to run the table, Aaron, go undefeated, beat Oklahoma twice, and win the Big 12 championship, do you think they would go to the college football playoff and be a top four ranked team at the end of the year? Because I think there are a few scenarios in which they would be left out. The one scenario they would be left out is if Georgia would beat LSU in the SC championship game. Yep. Then I think LSU stays in. Yep. I think LSU's in. LSU has submitted so itself. They stamp their way into the final four, no matter what I believe, unless I mean, they're not going to lose all not, three games, but yes, they're not going to lose these extra games. Let's, let's be realistic here, but I think LSU has cemented themselves in there. So I think that's the only way 
in your fantasy world that that happens. For I don't sure. see Baylor winning out. I think Baylor's going to slip. They almost slipped last week, pulled off one in triple overtime. But if they do, if they go 13 and 0 and LSU beats Georgia in the SC championship game, Baylor's in, you, you can't leave a so power would, five team undefeated who won their conference out of the playoffs. All right. So what if Oregon just absolutely lays the wood to Utah in the PAC 12 championship game? Or what if Utah and Oregon play a sleepy defensive PAC 12 championship game, which has kind of been the norm the past couple of years, yeah. that Friday night kickoff, it's late on the East coast. It's usually cold out West in Santa Clara. Like that's not a very exciting conference championship to kick off the weekend, and I could certainly see that happening. I can 100% see two really good defenses show up, Oregon and Utah, and kind of do a knockdown, drag them out game 20-17 to 17, where nothing really exciting stands out, and then maybe the Big 12 champ just completely jumps the Pac-12. But if Oregon does lay the wood on Utah or vice versa, Utah lay the wood on Oregon, you still think an undefeated Baylor would jump them simply because they're undefeated? Yes, I do. Okay. I think if Baylor, I think if Baylor beats Oklahoma, I think Baylor has an opportunity to at least jump Utah this, for yeah. next week's. I mean, they're undefeated for goodness sakes. You got to give them some credit. I, I know agree the name with you. The name's not sexy, but let's just put away all the names. That's why I said about Alabama heading into this 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 whole playoff scenario and heading into last night when they made their decision or two nights ago. Is just take away the name and just look at the schedule and look at what they've done. Does that team, unnamed team, deserve to be in the playoffs? And when you look at Alabama, it's a no. And then if you want to look at Baylor, if they beat Oklahoma and they beat Oklahoma again, they beat Texas in two weeks, and just take away the name and just look at the schedule, look at the body of work, does that team deserve a spot in the Final Four? You would say yes. You would. So you got to get past the whole branding and just say who deserves it this year, who's playing the best football, and who's taking care of business? And as of right now, Baylor is taking care of business. All right, so Oklahoma wins the Big 12. And I know these are all hypotheticals. And this is the college football playoff selection committee is getting exactly what they want. Us idiots continuing to talk about it when they really doesn't matter until three, three and a half weeks from right now. But if Oklahoma does win the Big 12, will they jump the Pac-12 champion? I mean, their resume is not looking too hot right now either. I don't know. I would take Oregon over. Yeah. I think then at that point you look at because both conferences are good. They're not elite. I think we can both agree. It's it's the SEC. The Big Ten is the big two conferences right now within the power five. ACC is number five. And then the Pac-12 and, and Big Dover kind of fighting out who wants to be number three. Um, so I think I don't think that I don't think, OK, we won this conference compared to this conference for those two is going to matter. I think you look at then the eyeball test. Yep. And to me, Oregon is a more complete football team when it comes to they got a great offense. They got Justin Herbert, the quarterback position Uh, receivers are healthy. I think defensively, they're a lot better than what Oklahoma has been showing defensively. So I think eyeball test wise, which would come to come down to then I would put Oregon over Oklahoma at that point. And and right now they are Oregon's eight and one and Oklahoma's eight and one. And then you look at the losses too. Oregon's loss to me is better than Oklahoma's loss. Uh, still good teams, but obviously Auburn's ranked 12th right now. So they value Auburn in that defense. And and I'm sure Oregon right now is hoping and praying that somehow if Auburn wins one of those games versus Georgia or, or Alabama, I think that really cements Oregon's chances of getting in if they do win the Pac-12. Yeah, there's a lot of Auburn fans around college football right now, most, most yeah. noticeably Oregon. But I think Alabama's kind of rooting for Auburn to win. So their win against Auburn looks yeah. even better in a couple of weeks if they're able to 
to get it done. So, you know, always exciting and fun stuff to talk about. The hypotheticals are really the best part about these rankings week to week. But there are so many good scenarios this weekend that will play a factor into next week's rankings off the top of my head. Can Ohio State score 80 points against Rutgers and maybe jump LSU? I know it's stupid to say, but Aaron, they are a 53-point favorite on the road That's insane. Clemson is hosting Wake Forest. Wake Forest had a great start to the season. What if they play a close game and Georgia wins and gets their third top 15 victory in the rankings? Could Georgia jump them? I don't know. Minnesota has a great chance to continue to move up in the rankings and beat number 20 Iowa on the road. And Baylor, the disrespect to the Baylor Bears is unbelievable. They are a 10-point underdog, undefeated at home hosting Oklahoma. That's going to be a really great game to round out the weekend. So you know what? Let's go ahead. Let's dive right in to the Week 12 action. Before we do that, though, let's recap pump, pass, and pick from a week ago. Look, my man Aaron Murray's lock of the week, 2-0 again. He is seeing the board clearly. He loves these overs. I am interested to hear and see what he's going to pick to go 3-0 and in as many weeks to keep the lock of the week alive and well. Last week, I went 3-2 and two against the spread. I'm 36-23 and 23 on the season. Don't look now, but your boy is feeling it. Aaron, you went 2-3. and three. You're climbing up there. You are 33-26 and 26 on the season. Very respectable. Very respectable. All right, let's start Week 12 action with that Wake Forest-Clemson game, which I just mentioned. Again, Wake Forest got schlacked by Virginia Tech a week ago. You and I both picked Wake to cover maybe a little bit of a look-ahead spot for the Demon Deacons wanting to make sure the Clemson game would be what it should be, but now it's not. Clemson is hosting Wake Forest. This game is at 3.30 p.m. on ABC. Aaron, Clemson's a 34.5-point favorite. The total on this game is 59.5 points, which would tell you right there Vegas is not expecting Wake Forest to do much. You saw Clemson play NC State last week with that kind of swagger and chip on their shoulder trying to show the committee they were disrespected by being ranked number five. But if you watch the game, NC State sucks. They are a bad football team, and Clemson just did what they had to do. They put all of their fourth stringers and walk-ons in, I think, late in the third quarter. Can Jamie Newman and Dave Clawson make this game competitive, or are Dabo and the Tigers just going to continue to roll? Oh, man. it's uh, Clemson's going to roll, and I think Clemson wins Excuse me, pretty good. Uh, it just right now, they're, they're they're hitting on all cylinders. This is the team that we thought they would be this year. This yes. was the preseason number one team in the country. And still, to me, there are two complete teams in all of America. Ohio State, one we talked about earlier in Clemson, it's two. Clemson's defense is phenomenal. It's amazing to me what they do on that side of the football. Get all these dudes drafted. They come back the next season and are just as good. You're only giving up 11.5 points per game. So I love Clemson's defense. I love them at home. And right now, Trevor Lawrence is finally shaking that sophomore slump. He put it aside, nine touchdowns, no picks the last three games. So I think he and this offense with ETN and Higgins and the rest of those receivers are finally stepping up and doing their part. And I I think they go out there and just absolutely dominate. And they have to. They look at their schedule and they understand, listen. For sure. The ACC is weak. I test. We must win these somewhat, I wouldn't say close games, but – better looking games and within the conference, a team like set that's seven and two in Wake Forest. We must dominate this to earn some points. I don't see no matter what, I don't see Clemson moving past this three spot. I think they're, I think they're cemented at three. I think no matter what happens this season, Clemson will be three just because I see LSU being one the rest of the way. Unless something crazy happens in Ohio state being two. I don't think if all teams went out, that's going to be the order going into it. 
Um, but Clemson still for pride wise wants to continue to do their thing. So, uh, I like Clemson. I like Clemson with the points. I think that defense just absolutely shuts down Wake Forest. So you're expecting Wake Forest to not have anything getting done on the offensive side of the ball. Clemson does their thing on offense, puts up points on the board. I mean, 35, nothing 45, 10. I mean, that's a cover right there. 52 to 20. I mean, what do you see? That wouldn't be a cover, but what do you see as far as final score goes? I see like a 49 to 14 type game. Really? I think Clemson's offense is rolling right now. I, I Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, when he's playing the way he's playing is one of the top two or three quarterbacks in the country. So, and I think he's finally, like I said, he's hitting that stride right now, which is a perfect time. You're 10 and 0. You're feeling dang good, and and now you're actually getting the ball going and, and heading into the postseason. Yeah. There's no better feeling. Yeah, I really think that Trevor Lawrence could find his way to New York City for the Heisman finalists. No chance. I really do think so, and I think it's because Tua might not play all four quarters this weekend. They're going to really be protecting Tua until that Auburn game in a couple of weeks, but we'll see. And it would start this weekend by having a really good day on Saturday. I'll lay the points here with you, too. You talked me into it. Clemson's defense is for real. Wake Forest can't be feeling too good about themselves. If this game was in Winston-Salem, I might think a little bit differently about what's going to happen with this football game. But I think Clemson's just laser-focused right now. You said it, man. They know exactly what they have to do. They are the one team that the committee will say, I test, I test, I test. Look, look at our resume. Okay, yes, we're beating every team convincingly, but they need to show up and show out every single week, and especially against a team that just a couple of weeks ago was the second team in the ACC behind Clemson. I think Clemson rolls here, and I agree with you. Probably put up a 50-burger. I don't see Wake Forest getting over 21 points against Clemson's defense. We're on the same side here, bud. Clemson, lay the 34-and-a-half. That number might go down before kickoff, but that's what we will keep it at right now. All right. I think the most fun team to root for in the nation right now is Minnesota. They're ranked number eight. They're heading to Kinnick Stadium to take on number 20, Iowa. Iowa is a home favorite. They are a three-point home favorite, which would tell you right now that Vegas thinks these two teams are matched up extremely evenly. The over-under is 44.5 points. This game is at 4 p.m. on Fox. Can P.J. Fleck continue to row the boat? Aaron, I know you're in the boat now. You were outside of the boat a week ago, but what Tanner Morgan did for you last week and Bateman, their wide receiver, you have grabbed an oar, and you are rowing the damn boat with the Golden Ghost. I am rowing my little heart out right now. Then Smith at the running back position. Um, You said Bateman was committed to Georgia? No, Bateman was committed to Minnesota. Georgia offered him late. And they thought they were going to lose him. He called P.J. Fleck in the side and said, listen, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to stay committed to Minnesota. And I'm sure all dog fans, if you turn the film and watch this Bateman kid, are just like, why did we not offer this kid sooner? Uh, He is an absolute beast out there. Uh, They got another one, Johnson, too, on the outside. So this offense, with that offense line, which is the biggest offense line in the country, great receivers, great running back. Tanner Morgan is just accurate. He's doing his thing within the RPO game. I think they get the job done. Iowa offensively with Nate Stanley is just that they're not going to do anything super sexy or crazy. I mean, they're going to get you 20 to 25 points, and that's about it. I think Minnesota in this offense is going to continue to eat up the clock. They don't make mistakes, and that's the thing that you want on the road. Don't make mistakes. Don't turn the football over. Run it effectively, then utilize the RPO off of it to take some shots down the field. That's what they did last week and had a ton of success for Penn State. That recipe works for them. I think it works this weekend. I think they're feeling great. They're excited. 
I'm sure the energy in practice this week was through the roof. Yeah. They are ready to go. I think this is a great football game, but I think Minnesota continues to row that damn boat. I would say so, too, and I like Iowa. I'm kind of a closet Iowa fan, but Nate Stanley has to hold on to the football. They need to slow this game down. What Minnesota was able to do against Penn State last week with the explosive plays was really unbelievable. I know nobody expected that to happen. You were expecting that knockdown drag out Big Ten-type game, especially with two top-ranked teams. But Minnesota, able to get the ball in the air, utilize that RPO, like you said, and Tanner Morgan, he was 18 to 20, I think, for like 393 yeah. and three touchdowns. Awesome day for him. I think these guys are playing with a ton of confidence, and they know as well. I mean, this is the time of the season where you have to lay it all out on the field. It's eye test, it's metrics, it's record, it's playing for the Big Ten championship. Minnesota wins this game. Um, and I think they will most certainly cover. Give me the three points. I want the three points. That's what you're saying, right? You want the three points. Minnesota. Yeah, give me the three, three points. This line if Minnesota, I think if, loud, if, 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 Monis, if Minnesota wins this ball game, it'd be hard for me not to put them. I would put them over Alabama. So at number five, because Georgia has an opportunity to get another top 15 victory. If, if Georgia wins on the road versus Auburn, I would keep Georgia at four. Uh, but I, if Minnesota wins this game, I would move Minnesota to five. All right, all right. Aaron and I are on the same side once again. I, you got to take the points here. Top ten team who's yes. undefeated catching three against an evenly matched team on the road. I think you take the points. I think Vegas is suckering people like us to take the points. I'm interested to see what this one does Saturday morning. But give me the three right now. I'll be a sucker. Prove me otherwise. Should be a really fun game to watch. All right. Number 10, Oklahoma, heads to number 13, Baylor. This is where college game day is going to be. The game's at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Oklahoma is a 10-point favorite. That is shocking to me. Look, Baylor's finding out how to win games, and that sort of intangible is hard to ignore, Aaron. You've been a part of teams that have done that, and then you've been a part of teams who find ways to lose. I've been a part of those teams as well. It's hard to shake that stuff, and especially when everybody's counting you out, which is what people are doing to Baylor right now. The amount of disrespect is truly unbelievable. Like I just said, they're undefeated at 9-0. and Oklahoma's coming in as a 10-point favorite on the road. The total here is 67.5 points. That's a bunch of points. What has Oklahoma done for us lately? Not much. Almost botched that game to Iowa State a week ago. Can Baylor get a much-needed victory here and continue to shoot up the rankings? No, I think this is the end of the Baylor Bears. I think the road oh. ends right here. Yeah, we sorry three Baylor. For three on each other. I'm there. sorry. I'm sorry, Chip and Joanne. You know, <laughs> hopefully they have a nice little ceremony for them for game day and go check out Magnolia Lane. But I, Oklahoma. CD Lamb, I think this is the game, another game Jalen goes off. I think Jalen throws for 250, runs for a buck 20, four total touchdowns. CD Lamb catches three of them. Um, I think Oklahoma rolls. I think their offense scores 40 plus points, and Baylor's offense is just, they just can't keep up. I know Oklahoma's defense is not great, but Baylor, they play a bunch of low scoring, tight football games. I just don't see them being able to athlete it up enough on the outside to stop Oklahoma's defense. And I think Oklahoma's defense can do enough. They've shown us some promise throughout this year at times. Hopefully they get back to that a little bit this week, but I think it helps the fact that Baylor offensively, like I said, just it's, it's, they don't have the dudes right now to keep up with a, ha- a fast paced offense like Oklahoma that could score a ton of points. So give me Oklahoma 
and, and give me the points here. I am having deja vu. I'm having a little bit of deja vu because that's exactly what you said a week ago about my golden gophers, and now you're rowing the boat with me. You said Penn State was going to blow them out. Minnesota's not explosive enough. This is the end of the road for P.J. Fleck. Drew, I don't know why you like P.J. Fleck. Well, I like Matt Rule, and I like teams that play with chips on their shoulders and people that count them out, and I like teams that fine people are counting Oklahoma out now. You don't think Oklahoma has a chip on their back too, a little bit chip I mean, on their shoulder. I mean, it doesn't matter. Their they're, they're number trash. 10 right now. They're 10 in their number 10, in the country at eight and one in, in the big 12. So I think they too have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. So I don't think this is a, a overconfident Oklahoma team that's shown up to play Baylor. I think this is a team that's kind of pissed hungry. off saying that we're hungry. We want to be in the top four. And we need to win this game, and we need to style points too, because we are in a conference, just like just like Clemson, where we got to show out and we got to win by double digits. So I think that is in the back of their mind too. Of this is go time. We th- there's no more messing around right now for us. We must win and must win big here on out if we want to be able to somehow position ourselves to get into the Final Four. So there is a major sense of urgency for Oklahoma. There is a major sense of urgency, but they don't have the defense to match it. That's why I'm rolling with Matt Rule here and the Baylor Bears with the 10 points. Can they win outright? God, I hope so, because I think that'd be awesome for college football. But I think Matt Rule, who's being named with a lot of NFL potential positions to be a head coach next year, one of 32, I think he shows how he can scheme up a game plan, slow Oklahoma down, much like Kansas State did, Aaron. And I think the Baylor Bears get another win at home, underdogs, with college I'm game gonna, day I'm going to double down on this. Lock, lock of the week for me, Oklahoma covers. Wow, there he goes. Yeah. There yeah. he goes. He is putting his 2-0 and record on the line saying Oklahoma will cover. And I am saying, no, they won't. Give me the 10 points, Aaron Murray. You want to put it on the line to where if you lose this, I get the lock of the week back or no? Yeah. Oh. yeah you can get the flip the field, uh, oh. Drew Butler flip the field special back All if right. uh, this doesn't cover. Awesome. Awesome. There he goes. He says Oklahoma lay the 10. I just like the story here. I think Baylor has the intangible of finding ways to win football games, and this is it. This is the biggest game in a long time for Baylor, so give me the 10 points. I hope they win. We're on opposite sides there. All right. I want to go to a couple of games In the SEC this week, we're going to finish with Georgia heading to Auburn. I want your pick on the first one I'm going to throw at you, but it's an interesting week in the SEC, Aaron, because a lot of teams had some high-profile, high-emotion games last week, and now they go on the road. So they're in a bit of a vulnerable position. LSU, of course, goes to Ole Miss. We're going to pick that game against the spread, but then you look at Alabama. They took the loss. They go to Mississippi State. How about Florida? They whoop up on Vanny. Now they go to Missouri. You know it's going to be cold there, and I think Kelly Bryant is expecting to play. So these weeks in the SEC can be kooky at times. I'll be interested to hear your thoughts. But pick this LSU game. They're heading into Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. This is at 7 p.m. on ESPN. LSU is a three-touchdown favorite. They're laying 21, and the total here is 65 and a half. Anyway, John Rice Plumley and this Ole Miss offense can keep this close. Or do the Tigers yeah. just continue to kill people? No, I think Tigers are going to roll. This offense right now has one mission, and that's to get Joe Burrow, the man, the Heisman. I think they have that. That's that is a little added incentive. You know, they know they're going to win this football game, but they also what? Why don't you want your starting quarterback to win the Heisman? They come out laser focused. Yeah. This run game has been great. The offense line has been great. Um, I just don't. I, 
I think there's enough film out there on Plumlee right now that good defenses and, and LSU is not an elite defense, but good defenses are going to be able to scheme it up and figure out a way to stop him in this running attack for Ole Miss. So I think LSU goes in there, dominates his football game, and walks away covering the covering the spread. All right, so LSU covers the twenty-one. You know what? I got to go with LSU. No, I got to go with LSU here too. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna cover twenty one. This this offense is too high powered. You just said it. There's no doubt that Ensminger and Joe Brady are scheming for Burrow to continue to throw for three fifty plus and three plus touchdowns every single week. How great it is for your program to win your Heisman. uh, Yeah, and how great is it for recruiting? I mean, we you can go out to any recruit now and say we are out of the ice age. We are now modern football. Looking at our quarterback just won the Heisman. They are, I'm with you, they are scheming ways for Joe Burrow to just continue to separate from the rest of the field to win this Heisman. So I think he goes out there and has another three to four touchdown game and, and, and like I said, separates himself even further. Love it. We're on the same side here. Lay the 21. LSU should route Ole Miss, and here you go. You know I love these types of statistics, these trends. The number one team in the second college football playoff ranking since the inception of the college football playoff Let's go back in time a little bit. 2014, Mississippi State Bulldogs were ranked number two, number one, excuse me, in the second rankings. They missed the playoff. 2015, Clemson Tigers lost in the title game. 2016, Alabama Crimson Tide lost in the title game. 2017, Georgia Bulldogs lost in the title game. 2018, Alabama Crimson Tide lost in the playoff game. And in 2019, the number one team in the second college football rankings is LSU. What will happen? Will they continue the trend of not winning it all? Who knows? But that's a disturbing trend if you're a fan of the Bayou Bengals. They'll take care of I business so. this weekend. I think so. I'm telling you. They're going to break the trend. No, they're not breaking the trend. I think Clemson Ohio State, one of those two teams, wow. wins the national championship this year. Love it. Love it. Love it. All right, and then give me your thoughts on these road teams in the SEC. Any trouble for Alabama or Florida? And then we're about to break down this Georgia game before we get out of here. Uh, no, Alabama will, I think they come out just absolutely pissed off yeah. and just dumb. I don't actually know. I wouldn't say dominate. I'm going to take Mississippi state with the points. Tommy Stevens is back healthy really? and playing. Yes. Yeah, so I'm taking Mississippi half. state. Okay. I'm taking Mississippi state with the points. This Alabama defense is, I mean, we see it every single week. They're not I know, good. I know Alabama wins this game by 17 to 20 points. Was it 20 and a half? Yeah. So I think Mississippi State with Tommy Stevens, his ability to run and throw, um, cover the spread. But, I mean, still, it's a 17-20 to 20 point win. No doubt. So I'm, I'm fine with that. No doubt. And then uh, Florida. I think Florida, look, this game's at noon on CBS. It's going to be it's that sleepy 11 a.m. local kickoff. Not, I know. Kelly Bryant's going to play. I'm I, telling you, this is – if I'm a Florida fan, I'm scared of this football no game. This doubt. is a no recipe doubt. for a major letdown. I said at the beginning of the season, this is going to be a tough game for Florida. It's cold. These Florida boys don't like the cold. It's an early game. And this is a a Missouri team that you just don't know what you're going to get. Defensively, they've been pretty good for the majority of the season. Offensively, if Kelly Bryant's back and healthy and been able to do what he can do, they can control the clock, wear a team down. They got a good offensive line. They got some skilled players on the outside. I think this game, this is scary. I'm saying this is a scary, scary game if I'm a Florida Gator fan. I think it'd be pretty close. I think I would take Missouri with the points here. I think Florida could squeak it out by like a by a field goal. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. Florida's a seven-point road favorite at Mizzou. Again, just remember, it's going to be in the 40s, 11 a.m. local kick, not a very raucous atmosphere, could be troublesome 
for Florida. All right, let's break down what I think is the game of the weekend. That's completely unbiased. 3.30 p.m., CBS, number four, Georgia, heading to number 12, Auburn. Georgia is a short road favorite. They are laying two and a half points. The total here is 41. And I think this is a tale of strength versus weakness on both sides of the ball. You could consider Georgia's offense a weakness. Auburn's defense is most certainly their strength. And then Auburn's offense, most likely their weakness, led by Bo Nix, a freshman quarterback in Georgia's defense, really one of the best in the nation. Can't get away around that any way you look at it. So what happens here, Aaron? I know this is a tough spot for Georgia. Kirby Smart has yet to win a road game in the SEC West 2016 Lost to Ole Miss 2017. Got whooped up by Auburn 2018. They went to LSU and lost. Here's his chance, 2019 at Jordan-Hare Stadium. The one thing before I throw it to you, Aaron, is when Georgia gets exposed by Auburn, it's because Auburn has that explosive offense, and they can get those chunk plays and get ahead of Georgia and then get Georgia out of the position where they can ground and pound and run the football and control the clock. I don't know. I think Georgia's in a good spot here. I really do for whatever reason. I think you might feel a little bit differently and think this one comes down to the wire. Oh, it's coming down to the wire. This is, if I had a a second lock of the week, I would take this as my under. I just think both defenses, you know, you know, I've been high on Auburn's defense. This front seven, the secondary, they're locked down. They can play cover two. They can protect over the top versus cager. I think that's going to be the key is if you can stop cager on the outside, who else is left for Georgia to make plays on the, on the perimeter? You know, can George Pickens have another good game like he we saw him last week versus Missouri? I don't know. I think he's still green, and I don't think there's as much trust in him. When things are going bad for Georgia's offense, they go to Cager. And I think Auburn's good enough on the back end to slow him down. I think they're good enough on the front seven to slow down this running attack. So this, to me, is going to be who doesn't make the mistake. Go yeah. back to South Carolina. Georgia makes a mistake. Go back to Auburn's losses. Say versus Florida. Why did Auburn lose that game? And versus LSU, Joe Burrow turned the ball over. So it's to me, that's where it goes down to which quarterback doesn't make the mistake. I have more confidence, a lot more confidence that Jake Fromm is not going to make that mistake to cost his team the game. That's going to be the deciding factor of this whole thing. Bo Nix, you've had your moments, but now you're going against the best defense right now statistically in the SEC. I think he makes one or two mistakes that cost Auburn the game, and that's going to be the deciding factor. But it's a super, super, super close game. Do you think Auburn? Like I think it's like a 17 to 14, 17 to 10 type game. Yeah. Do you think Gus Malzahn can draw up something on the offensive side of the ball for this Auburn offense to get off to a quick start against Georgia? Well, defense? they're going to have to do. They're going to have to do something like they did versus A and M, and I covered that game where they sh- they came out with a reverse for a big yep. touchdown yep. to start it right there. Um, but yeah, they, the good thing with Auburn is they're coming off a of bye week. So and they've Booby had two Whitlow's weeks back. to prepare Booby Whitlow's back. They're going to have some tricks up their sleeves. I would not be surprised. Really. We should have an over under of how many trick plays are yeah, called no reverses, shit. uh, running backs, throwing the ball, receivers, throwing the ball, double passes, flea flickers. I mean, there's lay it there's all out be there. North, I think there's going to be North of three of those on the uh, Auburn side of the ball, obviously for, for Auburn's yeah. offense. So I think that's the way you kind of manufacture some big explosive plays. So but no, Georgia, like I said, Georgia's not going to make that mistake to hurt them. I think they win this game. I take them with the points because, like I said, I think they win 17 to 14, 17 to 10. Uh, but I would take the under here, that 41. All right, I'm going to give you one chance. Do you want to change your lock of the week? Do you want to go under 41, Georgia Auburn lock of the week, or keep it at Oklahoma minus 10 for your lock of the week with 
the knowledge of me getting the pick back next week if you're wrong? I'm gonna t- I'm gonna change it over. Oh, I feel very okay. confident in Oklahoma. I do feel very confident in Oklahoma, but these two defenses are lights out. And like right. I said, Auburn coming off a of bye week. This defense is gonna be ready for for Georgia's offense, and 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 Auburn's offense is just they're just not great. Uh, they're just that. Bo Nix needs another year of being seasoned for sure. to be able to, to, to really be able to dominate this. Like, I think he has a lot of potential. He's just not there just yet. This is a big moment for Bo Nix, and Jake Fromm's been in a lot of big moments. This is also a really big moment for Kirby Smart. And Are I you th- taking the under or over here? I'll go under with you. Yeah, you certainly yeah. talked me into the under. I, I can't see Georgia putting 35 points on the board. I don't see Auburn scoring more than 14 points. I really don't. Yeah. Georgia's yeah. defense is playing with so much confidence right now, and they know exactly what they have to do. Sure, they'll be ready for Booby Whitlow to come back, and they'll be ready for that run game, but I think Georgia plays well against the run right now, and when you play with that much confidence— and you are led by guys like J.R. Reed. I mean, I think these guys are playing exceptional football on the defensive side of the ball, and I think they see a real opportunity to shut down Auburn, be ready for the exotics early in the game, but not be caught sitting back on their heels, Aaron, to where Whitlow could gash him for some big runs early in the game. That would point to special teams. Georgia should have the advantage in special teams, especially in the kicking game with Rodrigo Blankenship. This is one of those fundamental football games. God, we say it every single week, but why would we say anything else when we know that's the recipe for success? If Georgia holds on to the football and does not turn the ball over or give up some crazy play on special teams or an exotic on the first drive, Georgia should be in good shape. I'll lay the two and a half points here. Rodrigo could have four or five more field goals as he's been doing the past couple of weeks. Georgia clinches the SEC East this weekend. I really do think that Georgia's defense will present a bigger challenge for Auburn's offense than Auburn's defense will for Georgia's. Georgia will run the ball directly at the edges like they did against Florida. They will single out Derrick Brown, try to make him move laterally, and then hope that in the third and fourth quarters, Auburn's defense starts to lay down. It's going to be tough. It's going to be bloody. There might be some more injuries, but Georgia knows they have to win this game to get to Atlanta. I think they take care of business. Yep, Georgia take care of it. It's great. It's gonna be a great football game. This is gonna be, this is what big rivalry games in the SEC are yeah. gonna look like. Great. It's not the LSU Alabama game last week. We're gonna see a ton of points. This is gonna be the complete reversal of just great old school run the football, play great defense, and I think it's gonna be a fun one to watch. Awesome. So you're laying the two and a half as well. You said 17, yes. 14, 17, 10, 100 percent under. 41 points well i hope that you and i have a really good week because we have four of the same five picks which would be great um and then it's going to be a fun weekend of football and your sister's getting married this weekend yeah baby Seffy is getting married um to a tennessee grad played baseball at tennessee so Kevin's we welcome a, good dude. a ball we welcome a ball into the family Kevin is a good dude. As long as as long as the, the my nieces and nephews go to georgia that's all that matters i ain't letting them go to uh to Tennessee, that's Hell for sure. no. Absolutely not. Well, have a great weekend, my man. We'll be watching you tonight on CBS Sports Network at 7 p.m. Buffalo at Kent State. Be sure to follow Aaron on social media at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13, and we are at Punt and Pass. Follow us, rate, review, subscribe, do all those things, and we will talk to you on Monday. See you.